Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Martin Lee, and this is the Autosport Podcast. So two free practice sessions today at the British Grand Prix, returning to Silverstone. And no sprint weekend, so it was the normal normal uh, form, if you like, but not normal firm, with Williams emerging as a surprise challenger to Red Bull. Verstappen having a significant lead over the field in the early running on hard tyres earlier on in FP1 this morning. Mercedes got some new bits on. We'll talk about that. Not running soft tyres in the session, uh, but Hamilton and George Russell having a scruffy FP1. New Pirelli's to talk about this weekend as well. In second practice, where the times can be a bit more representative in terms of who's really got some pace, Max Verstappen was fastest, but only slightly over Ferrari's Carlos Sainz. Williams continued to impress with Albon in third and Logan Sargent up there in a strong fifth. So we're going to find out how, what, why and where that has come come from. Uh, neither Mercedes driver doing very well, talking about no grip and sliding all over the place. And Charles Leclerc not even participating in FP2 to tell us all about today's action is the editor of Autosport.com. It's our man Hayden Cobb. Welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for having me. How are you doing? Good, good. And it's just so nice, uh, obviously, for what is, uh, you know, we're a global team, obviously, but essentially most of us are based in the UK uh, to see Formula One return to our doorstep. I'm sure that, you know, our Italian colleagues say it when it's, uh, Formula One goes to Italy. But um, yeah, to see Formula One rocking up uh, here on our doorstep. And most of us are there this weekend. Uh, I'm not, and you're not, but... Uh, but <laughs> You've shattered the illusion already. Two minutes um, into the pod. I'll be there on Saturday. I'll be there. I'm gonna. I've packed my bags already. So um, it's just yeah. It's great to see Formula One uh, back here. Uh, but before we get into today's action, one of the big stories I saw on Autosport.com earlier today were seventeen bosses saying, "Look, we're not making it very easy on ourselves here uh, to go do business and travel around." And I hate to say that Brexit was in the headlines on a motorsport website. But what's the, what's behind this story? Very quickly. Yes. Yeah, so. Um Earlier this week, yes, the the 17 principles of the UK-based F1 teams uh, and F1 chief 
uh, Stefan and Domenicali went to 10 Downing Street to talk with the uh, UK government um, about Formula One as, as a whole and how much uh, money it brings into the economy and generally it being quite a shining light for, for the UK industry uh, in engineering, motorsport, etc. Uh, one of the things that, that has been very sort of outside of that has been the the impact Brexit has had on the logistics for these seven teams for for all the races in Europe, uh, or if you flip it the other way, that the, the three non-UK-based teams coming to the British Grand Prix uh, in terms of having to transport team kit, parts, etc. through customs because now we're not... Uh, the UK is no longer part of the European Union. And we don't basically have uh, any sort of way... Well, sorry, we, the 401 teams do not have any waivers um, to a greater extent for a lot of their team kit. And this this covers from your garage equipment to the probably the cars themselves to your, your spare parts, pretty much anything you can think of that 401 teams will need as physical objects at a race weekend. Um, and an interesting example, which, which to be honest, I, I wasn't aware of until this has come up, was, for example, music, musicians touring uh, Europe from, from the UK. They can get special permissions for their instruments. They basically don't need as many checks and signing-ins um, for, for those bits of equipment. So it just basically makes the travelling part much easier and quicker. Um, so they're sort of thinking, if musicians can have that, which arguably is their their great tools to use, then surely Formula One teams can do the same for for their their things. So I believe dialogue is currently ongoing, and uh, as as we know with uh, Brexit, it's um, trying to navigate those those un- uh, uncertain waters is is tricky at the best of times. But um, yeah, hopefully a shining light this weekend that Formula One can put on uh, will will hopefully come up with a few solutions for for everyone involved, really. Yeah, and I think this was uh, this was organised by Stefano De Manicali, I think. So this was uh, a great example of Formula One leadership trying to uh, make life easier for the t- so many of the teams based here, um, and it's to do with bits that get you know damaged when they go away to a Grand Prix, maybe not a million miles away. So you know Belgium or Italy, for instance, but then a part gets damaged, and you think, well, that's all right, we'll just take it off to the next race, which you know could be a flyaway race or something. Either we'll fi- do some running repairs in the garage, we'll fix it when we get there, but th- those parts have to be shipped back to the UK um, so then they have to then leave the UK again and it's um, the teams are doing it but it's making life difficult that's really interesting let's talk about the on-track action today what did you make of it and where do you want to start because the Williams story seems really interesting oh yeah massively and, and I think that's a good place to start because to no, to no surprise I guess Max Verstappen told me both practice sessions is is to, is to be expected, but um, to see at the end of FP2, uh, Albon in third and, and Sergeant in fifth is, is something that will catch the eye of of all our uh, our readers and listeners here. Um, and it does seem that the the one lap pace at least um, is there. We we don't know fuel loads. That is always the thing that I know me and a few others on this team like to like to use just in case they sort of filter down the uh, the pecking order come qualifying which probably will be the case there probably is they're running a little bit less fuel uh, with an eye on qualifying but in terms of the the pace from the team it generally looked like the team was actually quite surprised by the pace that it was able to produce from its sort of various parts. Obviously, it had an upgrade uh, a couple of races ago that Albon used, and then both drivers got it for for the last race in Austria. So the car is making good progress. It'll be interesting to see 
if they sort of fall into the Haas situation whereby they've they've managed to nail sort of a, yeah unlock some one lap qualifying pace, but then they may eat through their tyres a bit too quickly. Uh, that's not to necessarily say that's a current problem for Williams, but uh, yeah, with this increased pace, it might it might come as a trade off. So yeah, Williams in particular will definitely be one to watch out for for tomorrow's qualifying. Um, I believe, I can't remember the stat completely off the top of my head, but if Albon makes Q3, he's the first Williams driver to make three consecutive Q3 appearances since Felipe Massa in 2017. Wow. Uh, those that would know the stat better than me will be screaming at their, their <laughs> devices now, and I do apologise. But basically, Williams hasn't had con- three consecutive Q3 appearances for a very long time, and I think we all know that where they've been recently and where they're trying to get to. So, yeah, yeah I, I mean... I'm not a betting man, but Alwyn as a Q3 contender, I think you could say that's that's on on the cards uh, this weekend again. So, yeah, great news for them. Great great story for for a, a historic Formula One team that hasn't quite shone recently. Um, and yeah, yeah I, I do fully expect you've you Aston Martin's and Mercedes Ferraris to to surge back up. Um, but again, that's that's a lot of teams, so you never know, Alvin. Could, could nip ahead of a few of those drivers and, and sneak mm. a Q3. And then what was the issue with Ferrari that saw... OK, so Science came home uh, just, you know, thousandths of a second off Verstappen, but why was Leclerc's car kept in the garage through the second practice? That's going to be really damaging to their weekend prep. That, yeah, that's right. So Leclerc's car had a electrical issue, is the current diagnosis from Ferrari. They noticed it between the two sessions and were working on it before the session and then indeed during the session, but it seemed like a pretty serious thing because there was no even sort of no chance of Leclerc getting out for, for a single lap. So he's missed the entire entire session, um, which is, as you say, is a, it's a bit of a nightmare on, on multiple fronts. Obviously, this weekend alone, they yeah, lo- losing your most representative practice session of the race conditions and the race time is is never good but um yes they they've obviously had they themselves had recent upgrades looking to improve their their tire life problems recently and and even like Carlos Sainz uh going into the weekend was like this this weekend like long term is ideal for Ferrari in terms of seeing where they're at with that issue with the developments that they've made because this is obviously a circuit that's really uh eats it or sort of heavy on tire usage so Ferrari were not necessarily expecting a great deal coming into this weekend in terms of like where they were in Austria, but it was a good sort of test bed for them. And so to lose one of their cars for arguably the most important practice session of the three, yeah, that's a lot of data lost. That's a, a lot of mileage lost that would have been perfect for them for, for dealing not only with this weekend, but their problems going forward. So I noticed lots of people talking because, you know, Alex Albon did really well today and so people that like to chase glory uh, talking about the London-born driver. And it's like, mm, OK, well, I mean, Ty, but but they're really cr- clutching at straws there. So it's like, let's make him ours. because you know. <laughs> Is this like an Andy Murray thing? Of, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, again, I'm probably going to upset loads of people. It's like when he does badly, he suddenly becomes Scottish in the sports media. When he does well, he, he's British again. So. Absolutely. Yeah, the English are a funny old lot with their sports people, aren't they? Like, uh, yeah, you're ours now. Well, I mean, he was, look, he was born in London, so that's, and he's British tyre, so it's fine. We'll take it. So let's talk about other teams that are bringing big upgrades. And, um, you know, Red, Red Bull have been bringing upgrades, but they've kind of, they've lacked that headline big upgrade package because they haven't needed to so the other teams have tended to have some of the 
the headlines in terms of upgrades, Mercedes is one of those teams that bought uh, a lot to, I think it was the front end of the, the car at, at Silverstone. What have we been talking about on autosport.com in terms of the improvements at Silverstone, in terms of what they've been trying to fix? Obviously, that we are working with a new car concept at at Mercedes, which seemed to work initially. Maybe everyone got their hopes up a little bit high that, uh, that they, they might have a, a better run of races, the Mercedes fans, because last time out it didn't seem to work, and it's been a pretty bad Friday at Silverstone. Yeah, so Ferrari of uh, sorry Ferrari, Mercedes still stuck on the last question. Mercedes have yeah brought a new front wing to, uh, to Silverstone to to basically try and integrate this new concept better and, and direct airflow to to the key parts of the floor and, and other parts of the body um, to basically yeah, improve the overall package. And the one thing that has struck as a problem for both drivers, and it was certainly an issue that they had in Austria as well, was generally trying to get this car in the right setup window without it misbehaving let's say understeer has been a particular problem in Austria and and again this today at Silverstone um and so they've sort of been focusing on that and and they didn't yeah switch to the soft tires during FP2 so that'll sort of be partly of the reason that they're slightly off off the pace um but yeah they're just trying to get their their new new car let's call it um even though they insist it's not a new car no it's not a b-spec um into the right setup window which yeah there's there's lots of reasons i think probably why that it was working early doors and it was at circuits that were suited to mercedes package and historically have always gone well there you're yeah spain and uh canada but um, yeah, Austria has, has always sort of been a, an outlier. As much as the Mercedes dominance there, they, it was never sort of seen as their strong stronghold there. And um, curiously enough, Silverstone, although Hamilton has all those wins during their dominant era, he always had to put up a, a very <laughs> fierce fight against the likes of a Ferrari or a Red Bull. And I'm not just talking about 2021 either. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's sort of a, a circuit that is a good test for 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 Mercedes and, and and I think again test is almost the the word of the day as well because we have no in, in season testing anymore days like this where you've got the two hour long practice sessions at a track that has a variety of corners and uh, challenges that teams can basically learn from like the FP1 was basically a uh, a glorified test session really there was amount of uh, aero rigs and flovis it was yeah it was it was a very colorful scene and it's this what the teams are prioritizing at this point um of the season because they have all these new parts that they want to check and verify and, and see what the data stacks up so Mercedes are again they're in that that realm there the reason that they're further down is they are testing these new parts but ultimately they're trying to get their car in the right setup window to then go right let's push on and yeah the end of today hasn't really provided that breakthrough for either Russell or Hamilton they're both saying that setup's not not great for them so yeah let's see what overnight fixes and changes they can make before before qualifying yeah, as Mercedes fans will certainly help the hope that it's a setup issue rather than uh, a fundamental issue. I've seen some some Mercedes fans in the last few days online, admittedly, saying, "Look, park it, park the car, stick it in the garage, and work on 2024." You think, "Wow, I don't, <laughs> so, I, well, I don't think they could quite do that." Otherwise, they don't get any prize money. But yeah, 
I'm not sure Mr. Wolf will be very happy with that idea. Um, yeah, I know what they mean in terms of like stopping development, but yeah, uh, the, the, the the amount of carryover for the on these cars for for 2024 is huge. That yeah, it just isn't practical to do that. But McLaren fans were really buoyed by Lando Norris's pace last time out in Austria, and they were talking about bringing big bits to Austria, Silverstone, and uh, and a third race as well before the summer break. And so uh, they're going to bring to Hungary, isn't it? So what's the case with McLaren this weekend, apart from their super shiny, spangly chrome livery they've got? Uh, Again, dialing it in, finding the setup. Uh, Austria, as as is the the case we've seen that not only did McLaren go well, but Lando Norris is almost like his his diamond track, if he could pick any track to really sort of sparkle at. And uh, not to say that Silverstone isn't, but it just, I guess, in terms of where they are in the pecking order at this early stage is probably more of a fairer reflection. Yeah, both both drivers have got the upgrades from Austria, so Piastri's there. So, um, yeah, putting his car inside the top 10 and uh, at the end of free practice two is... Isn't to be sniffed at. Yeah, Norris is obviously a little bit further behind. Um, I, th- I think he may have had a yeah, run into a couple of issues during practice, but um, nothing that I think would be too worried, too worrying about. But uh, yeah, it's currently, I guess, uh, as it is Ashes summer in the UK, uh, Australia won, England nil on that front. Before we get on to our final question, I want to ask you about uh, what's been doing really well on autosport.com and uh, and about a new team in the pit lane this weekend. We didn't think new teams were arriving in Formula One, but a new one turned up this weekend. Uh, an article just went live whilst we've been recording this podcast from our colleague Adam Cooper, who sat down with Williams Head of Vehicle Performance, Dave Robson. And we published this on the website just a couple of minutes ago. Uh, and he says that the team must not muck it up and that the pace at the minute was was uh, reasonably uh, real and that they need to go away and the, look at the data and understand it. He says he thinks one of the things is with coming out of Austria, it's such a short lap that even if you've got some decent performance, which they did in Austria, if you can get pushed down the timesheets really easily with a, a small mistake or you go off track. But this is a, a longer lap here. And he says that it's been a, a much better day than we were possibly expecting. Now, do not muck it up. So uh, so, uh, so that's William's response to why they did so well today. And I'm sure plenty of um, you know long-term Formula One fans or Williams fans would, uh, would love to see that dream of a, of a really decent top 10 finish this weekend. Okay. Uh, final final thoughts then on what's been doing really well on autosport.com and particularly uh, an article that our colleague Jake Boxall Leg wrote about the the new team that showed up this weekend in the in the in in the pit APX Grand Prix it's quite a curious i guess one off situation to have where we have formula 1 teams who are against a a real 11th team joining the grid um, but they're more than happy to have a fake 11th F1 team joining the grid. Um, and yet, to be fair, this has, this has caught the imagination. It is the uh, Apple-funded uh, film uh, with starring Brad Pitt as the, the, the star driver of this fictional F1 team. And they're, they're filming a lot of shots uh, and action shots, I guess, of, of what the film will be will be yet has yet untitled as well um during the british grand prix weekend so they have uh, you may have seen uh, before listening to this podcast they have a garage set up the attention to detail is, is fairly impressive um they do obviously have the actors there as well and they've been doing the shots of say walking into the garage and and the sort of 
paddock action that you normally see on your, your Formula One uh, weekend. They do have their two Formula One cars, in inverted commas, cars, um, which are based on Formula old Formula Two cars, but adapted with the help of Mercedes to look like uh, current Formula One cars, which, yes, as you say, uh, Jake has done uh, an intriguing piece on it. Obviously, his, his background was a t- uh, technical uh, guru for us, um, has helped him here, but he's sort of looked at, at what the car is is like um, and where its sort of effic- inefficiencies are. And I think it will do... It does look, I guess, it, you give it a quick glance now in the paddock, it does look like a Formula One car. It's got all the right shapes and, and bits on it. It's even got the sponsors. Um, but yeah, I guess in terms of when it's right next to an actual Formula One car, it's going to look quite odd. But that, that's the whole point of it. They're, with the help of CGI and generally things, they're, they're doing the shots, they're getting the action bits that they need. Um, but it has captured uh, the interest of, of the paddock. It's captured into the readers uh, and fans at Silverstone. So... Yes, they will. They will continue to do things during the weekend. So keep an eye out on it during the Grand Prix weekend um, because you'll definitely get a sight of it at some point on Saturday and Sunday. Well, if you see a black and gold car flying around, don't worry. Rich Energy has not returned <laughs> as a sponsor, um, I, but rather it's the uh, Apex GP car. Um, I don't know who's driving it. I couldn't find that. I did look. I did a quick look online to see. Uh, so you, you tell me, it is. Uh, I can't remember the names off the top of my head. They are two stunt drivers. And Brad Pitt has himself been having driving coaching and has driven the, I believe, driven the car, not on track this weekend. Um, but I can't remember the two names, which is not good yeah. for this podcast. Uh, no, no, I, I thought they would be either stuntmen or, you know, uh, yeah, proper racing drivers or, uh, you know, wheel the stig out or something. So if you are heading to Silverstone, as indeed I am myself tomorrow, uh, when we record, finish recording this podcast, indeed, uh, then then look out for that black and gold car, that Formula 2 car with all the F1 body bits strapped on top. It looks, it, it's a it's very convincing look because F2 cars are shorter than a Formula 1 car, but it looks... At least from the pictures. Oh yeah, looks it looks, pretty, looks looks great. Con- I think um, I think I think fans will be impressed by how how real they've they've attempted to make it. And uh, yeah, but I don't think any uh, technical secrets or things will be uh, snapped from it. If it crashes during the weekend, there won't be photographers diving underneath <laughs> the floor to get snaps of it, like there were for Red Bull in Monaco and stuff like that. There'll just be uh, you know Brad Pitt in tears because someone's cost him some money and some. <laughs> <laughs> Some broken fiber carbon, you know, uh, bits. But uh, I'm, sure I'm fine. Bits. I'm fine with that. He has plenty of money. I think he'll I be think okay. He's okay. I think he's okay. If you want to follow all the racing coverage this weekend of Formula One, of Extreme E, uh, of uh, the F1 Academy racing in Monza this weekend, and uh, plenty more happening uh, this weekend, then you can at autosport.com. Of course, uh, we are there in force, as it's the British Grand Prix. So uh, looking forward to a live podcast tomorrow night on stage in front of the crowd. That will be exciting. Enjoy uh, that. Yes, with Jake Boxall Leg and uh, Codders and Megan, uh, who will be joining us on stage for that. So listen now for that. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast today, and we will catch you on the next one. Sports Social Podcast Network. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.